And Graham asked me to preach today and I, uh, I said to him, what do you want me to preach on? And I thought, I'd love to preach on healing. And I thought, I've preached on healing before and I shouldn't do it again. And, and then he said, can you preach on healing? And I thought, you beauty. Because <laughs> I love, I love uh, preaching on healing. I think uh, it reflects God, God's heart for us and Jesus' heart for us and the Holy Spirit. And um, it's just a wonderful thing to talk about. You know, God's, the amazing God we have has shown us what he's like, hasn't he? he? And he wants to have a relationship with us. He loves to hear our prayers. And don't you think it, it's amazing how he's ordained things that we have to pray for things before he releases things to happen? I mean, God's God. He doesn't, didn't have to set it up that way. But it's phenomenal that he wants this relationship to, with us, that he wants us to pray. And after praying, things happen. So, he wants to share life with him. And we know that our prayers have great power. We can defeat Satan, we can release angels, and we can release his power on people and in situations by prayer. So, do you think there's anything God can't do? You know, I think uh, God's amazing. When you look at the stars in the sky... All those sons, God created them just by his word. Um, do you think he can heal anything? Uh, yes? Do you think he can cure, cure cancer? Can he make a lame man walk? Can he forgive our sins? It's been done. Can he love you and me? So today I'd like to challenge all of us to think about how we stand with God. You know, we can block the Holy Spirit but from moving in us. You know, you can be too busy. You can, um, you can say, look, not right now and, and you can not be seeking more and more and you can actually, um, it can stop us from reaching into a deeper level with God. But uh, today I'm going to um, encourage you to think about um, giving God permission to come into your life to do more and more. Do you ever think it's funny how in countries where that receive missionaries, how healings are phenomenally work, whereas in developed countries like ours, you don't hear of healings so much. You know, I often think about that and, and um, I think one of the reasons is that we rely on ourselves in Australia. We're wealthy. And so we're not struggling, you know, we, we rely on ourselves to give us the answers. We've got our iPhones and our iPads and the internet and they're all the answers. <laughs> but um, Jesus really wanted us to live life to the full. He said that very clearly. He came so that we could live life to the full. He came so that we could have a great relationship with him. And, uh, and that's what we should be doing. So today we can't, can start stepping into life to the full. I don't, I'm not living life to the full and I like to. Would anyone else like to? Eh? So let's start this talk by inviting the Holy Spirit to come, by giving God permission to come, invite angels to come and uh, that we might end up with a fuller relationship with Jesus. So if you'd like to join me in prayer for that, if you like that in your life, let's pray. Lord, we come to you today and we give you permission 
to come into our hearts and lives. We invite you to lead us into a new journey with you. We want to achieve all that you desire for us. We ask that you would release your Holy Spirit into this church now and release your holy angels to administer to us. Fill us, Lord, with a burning desire for more and help us to grow our faith. Lord, release your healing power into everyone here today. And Lord, at the end of this service, we just say, let us give you praise and glory for what you have done. Lord, today, let it be a change. And we seek your healing power here today. In Jesus' name, amen. The um, first passage is from Luke, the, the, the guys lowering the, the, their friends through the roof. It's a great story, so let's just read that. One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. They must have filled the whole house, mustn't they? <laughs> the Pharisees and the teachers. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up to the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. And hadn't they? Now, isn't it interesting because um, it says the power of the Lord was with Jesus. So I think a lot of people think that everything's in Jesus, but right through this whole talk you'll see that Jesus was doing everything the Father was doing. And it's the power of God that was on Jesus. It's an important point. And uh, to heal the sick. And, and of course with him saying, um, your sins are forgiven, I mean that would have just been extraordinary to the Pharisees. It was the, this was showing the new covenant. Jesus had the authority, the power to forgive sins. And those guys must have thought, who is this guy? You know? So uh, it would have been a real dramatic moment. But uh, you know, Jesus right through his ministry did it in, in a, a real definite way. He had his ministry where he spoke the word. So first of all he said, your sins are forgiven. And then he proved his word by the miracles. And, uh, and that's how his ministry worked all the way through. And, uh, and you'll see that right through today in some of the readings that we've got. Um, so his power was from God. Let's look at the next one. Jesus' power at work. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I tell you, 
The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Don't you think that's an amazing statement? That Jesus can only do what he sees his father doing. So what is God doing? He's healing. He's loving. He's caring for people. He's, uh, God's up there healing like mad and Jesus can only do what he sees his God doing, his father doing. And um, he answers prayers. Next one. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the work themselves the works themselves, the miracles themselves. So he says this so many times. He says, clearly says the evidence of the truth of what he is saying is proven in the miracles, in the works that he does. So who other than Jesus has ever healed every single person they prayed for? Who ever raised anyone from the dead? You know, um, who cast out demons? I mean, Jesus was clearly God and by showing that, by doing those things, he was showing to people that the words that he was saying was the truth. And you know, it's, it's, um, you say, has God, some people say God stopped healing, don't they? You've heard that many times that oh, God doesn't heal anymore. <laughs> um, his nature has changed. Um, but we know that God is a God who does not change. You know, healing didn't stop with the apostles. Of course, he sent out the apostles, the 12, to, to do healing and they came back that they did all these man, magnificent things. You know, it's the, the commission is to uh, preach the word, heal the sick, uh, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy and cast out demons. And, uh, and they did that. But then he sent the 72 out. Now, we don't know who the 72 are. I mean, their names are not mentioned anywhere. They're just nobodies. They're just like you and me, <laughs> ordinary people that were sent out. And so it's a great sign that, uh, that just the normal people who are following Jesus have that same power, can do that same healing. And, and you think, the whole, God's, Jesus says, I can do nothing than what the Father does. I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So Jesus has now risen from the dead and once you commit your life to Jesus, what's in us? Well, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, aren't we? So God is in us. It's the same situation. We can have that relationship with God and, and we can hear from God and do what he is doing. I think that's how it's supposed to be. You know, my, my daughter Prudence met this girl at school, this mother, and she was, she's an Asian lady who's got great faith and she was here with a family on her own and she was saying to Prudence that uh, she felt very lonely and then she realised that by saying that she might be giving offence to the Holy Spirit because she wasn't alone. The Holy Spirit's with her, God's with her and a Christian is far from being alone. And, uh, and I wonder when we don't step into all the things of God that he has for us because I think all of us know, uh, we've read it over and over again, 
how Jesus healed all these people and he says, go and do the same. When we're not stepping into what we have, I wonder if we're giving offence to God. Could you imagine his heart saying, why don't you do that? Step in, I've got all this for you. Start doing it. (laughs) So his command to the apostles and to us is to spread the good word, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy and cast out demons. Now God's power at work through us. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. So (laughs) that's a challenge, isn't it? Whoever believes in me will do the works I'm doing. So that does mean you and me, no matter how strong or weak. You know, in fact, God uses the weak. I, I think God uses the weak because it's easy to become proud. And you might be healing people and get proud. And God cannot work if you are trying to take any of the glory. The whole point of healing is to give God glory. And, and often we have to be realised that any person praying for someone for healing, there's no power in them. They have nothing. They cannot do a thing. All they can do is pray and God is the one who heals. So God is the one who gets the glory. And at any time, if anyone uh, thinks that gets a little bit proud, God's not going to heal. So, uh, so I think he often uses the weak. And you say, why aren't all people healed? You know, I, uh, often that question comes and you think, well, there are a number of reasons probably why people aren't healed all the time. One of them is because if one person was healing every single person he prayed for, could you imagine how many people would be coming to that one person and the pressure on you? You'd have to be working 24 hours a day and, and can you imagine the scrutiny of the TV and the reporters trying to find something wrong with you, you know, to knock you and bring you down? It would be phenomenal. But also it would be, be very unlikely for that person not to get proud. Also, I think sometimes God holds back healing because we've got to learn how to rely on him. You know, it's often in the desperate parts of life when you get on your knees. When things are going fine in life, you might pray, but when you're desperate, when you're really in a hardship, that's when you get into desperate prayers and you really find out what God is like and that he's there for you. It's, it's often when, when you're in a, in a position where there's no hope that you can find peace with Jesus. And that's often the only time that you find that extra little spot of being able to trust Jesus completely in every situation that you might face in life. And I found that many years ago when I was desperate. You know, we were in financial problems for the house. We were going to lose the house. And and I was praying like mad. And, uh, And then this just feeling of peace came over me that I thought, I can trust Jesus no matter what happens in my life. We, uh, whether you're financially rich or poor or, or whether you're going through tough times, whatever you're going through, if Jesus is with you, everything's fine because you've got that faith that he's going to look after you and bring you through. So often we in Australia and, and developed countries, we seek material things. 
And, and really the things that matter are the things of God and he wants relationships, a relationship with him and a, a real peace that you know he's with you and it changes your life to have that peace. And if you're not healed, do you give up? No. I think because of what I've just said, there might be occasions where people aren't healed because of circumstances. We don't know why some people are not healed. But I'd say you keep on knocking, like Jesus gave the story, keep on knocking on the door. And the guy finally opens the door and helps the neighbour because he doesn't want to keep knocking. But God's got a heart of gold and he, it's just an example to persist. So if you've been prayed over before and you haven't been healed, I'd say don't give up, but seek it again. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity at the end of the service today to seek healing. So uh, we need to see, well, we need to see God. And, and often when you're healed, well, when you're in desperate times and you find God's peace in a situation, what a help you are to other people. You know, often um, depressed people, you know, Maggie's been sick with this depression for a number of five years now and um, it's been dreadful. But people who don't have depression don't understand what it's like. But if you've got depression and you talk to another one with depression, you understand each other and there's an understanding of what it's really like and it really helps. The same can be for someone who's been through... Um, you know, sickness and, and terrible things, past someone in the family passing and what that's through. You know, all those things. They might be terrible circumstances, but you can be there to help other people. And knowing what it's like, you have, uh, you're standing in a position of understanding and acceptance with those people. But God's, God's will is to have a great life with us. And what was Jesus doing all the time? He was healing the sick. He was preaching the good news. He was healing the blind, the lame. He was teaching those, he was cleansing those with leprosy. These days, the skin diseases, it would be skin diseases or Ebola. Um, and he was raising the dead and clearly defeating the demons. What kind of faith do we need? Is that big enough to read? We need faith that is persistent it doesn't allow obstacles to stop them from coming to Jesus for his touch on their life. Now, uh, this reading from Luke, we all know pretty well as well. That, uh, this, now, when Jesus returned, a crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man, man named Jairus, the synagogue leader, came and fell at his feet, pleading with him to come to his home because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his, edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus said. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out of me. And, uh, and then the girl came up and said, I touched you, this is what I've been through and, uh, and I've been healed. And he said, go in peace, daughter, your faith has healed you. And he also raised Jairus' daughter to life as well. But a couple of points here. That woman 
was against the rules being there. I mean, she was subject to bleeding. I mean, anyone in, in Jewish um, um, culture um, would be cast out of the, the society, out of, out of the town if she was bleeding. And so she was taking a risk being there. She was stepping forward. But she knew, she knew in her heart to touch Jesus' cloak she was going to be healed. And the crowds were pressing in. But see, in the beginning, a crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him. So I think she was sort of positioning herself to get to the right spot. But have you ever been in a big crowd that's all been crowded in? I, uh, I was at a St George game because I follow the Mighty Dragons, which is the only team to follow. And um, at the end of the game, this one game, it was really stupid, but the people only opened this small little gate for everybody to go out. And so this big crowd was trying to get out and they all pressed in really tight and I thought if anyone panics here something serious could go wrong and and it just reminded me of this crowd pressing against Jesus and this woman reaching in and touching his cloak and they all said well who did it well Jesus knew someone did it and she, she just positioned herself to be able to so it's a lovely story of not allowing any obstacles to stand in the way have faith and reach out Faith that believes, the other faith that we need, faith that believes that miracles still happen because of God's great love, his grace and mercy because he does not change. And James is reading, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change by shifting shadows. So the God who created this world, who did all that healing when Jesus was here, is still doing that. He doesn't change. And the healing can be the same as when Jesus was here. And even better, Jesus says, doesn't he? So, and it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I've just got to get my spot. There we go. Um, the other one is faith that places self or others you love and care about right in front of Jesus. <clears throat> when the, the guy was lowered from the roof, do you think it was the friend's faith or the paralytic's faith? It could have been the paralytic saying to his mates, I've heard about Jesus, I believe he's going to heal me, can you take me to him? Or it could have been the friend saying, hey, mate, you're coming to this service because God's going to heal you. Um, so your friends don't need to have faith to come, but you need to have faith to bring them. And um, you can be in the street and see someone who's just uh, lost and have a conversation with them about Jesus and they might need healing and they don't need the faith to be healed, but you just need the faith to heal that you can call on Jesus to heal. And it's healing in that situation happens a lot. That you can be brave and step into praying for people who might need healing. The centurion, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some, ex- some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. They said, if anyone deserves your help, he does. 
for he loves the Jewish people and even built a synagogue for us. So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the home, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I'm not worthy of such an honour. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. Well, Jesus was amazed at this. I, um, you can just imagine what it was like because that was sort of the first, first call of faith. Everyone else was saying, touch me, heal me, be there. But this guy knew that Jesus' power was there and it was faith that's saying, you can do it. And, uh, and, and the servant was healed. Have you ever thought about God's, God's power with the weather? You know, the, the, um, the storm when he was in the boat and he was asleep. I, I reckon that's a great story. You know, he's, he's sound asleep in the boat because he knew he had control over the whole weather and, and these fishermen are terrified because the storm's so bad, all the water's coming over the boat and storming on them and, uh, and they wake him up and say, aren't you worried that we're going to die? Because <laughs> uh, we're close to death. Then Jesus stood in the boat and said, cease you know, to the weather and immediately it became calm. Have you ever prayed for weather? We've prayed for the drought. But I remember one time when I was a young Christian, I was at Hurstville Civic Centre. They have a, a shopping centre there and there's a parking area on the, on the roof and it's all open. And uh, there's a Coles downstairs and I was doing some shopping and I was at work, you know, so I was doing sort of lunchtime or something and I'd take an hour or so to do the shopping, I'm slow. But it was cloudy but not raining when I went down. But when I came up, it was pouring with rain and I had my suit on, I had appointments in the afternoon. I thought, this is not going to work, I'm going to be drenched totally. And I just felt in my heart to pray to God. I said, God, can you please stop this rain so I can get in the car and unpack everything and then get in the car and then let it come. And you know what happened? Immediately it stopped raining and I rushed over the car, I put everything in, I jumped in the car and then the rain came. Now some might say that was a coincidence but I reckon it was God giving me a treat and, and, um, and just to give me a real faith in him that I know he hears prayers, even a little one like that, which is insignificant really but it meant something to me that day. And, and God loves to do things like that. He cares about the little things in our lives. There's been other times in other circumstances where I've prayed for, for rain, but you know, I haven't felt in my heart that it was going to happen like that, and it hasn't. <laughs> but um, I reckon that uh, Jesus answers little prayers as well as big prayers. It's encouraging. After they crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. When the people recognised Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe and all who touched him were healed. It's, you hear this all the time that everyone, everyone that Jesus spoke to was healed. He didn't say if someone came with an eye problem, he didn't say, I'm not doing eyes today. Um, you know, he's, he didn't refuse to heal anyone, did he? It's everyone who came to him was healed. 
in Matthew, it's, uh, I didn't put the reading down on that one, I'm sorry. It's Matthew eight fourteen to 17. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her and she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. You know, often we can be very scared of demons but Jesus has complete authority over demons. Jesus, by dying on the cross, started the new covenant and Satan has been defeated and it's just with a simple word that we can defeat Satan as well. And, uh, and as time goes on in this church, if you see people that might come, that God might send, and, and, and they, might be, they might have a demon cast out of them, they might scream or something, well, that's going to be okay, because we're in control. Jesus is in control. We're not in control. Jesus is in control. And we are covered by him and by his blood. And it's his authority that we stand under. His victory we stand under. If you go back to the original reading where the guys lowered down the, uh, the, uh, their mate on the mat, it says, Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. You know, we need to be amazed not only by what Jesus did then, but what he continues to do now, this very day, this very minute. The power of blood of Christ still saves and still heals. We need a vision of Jesus who still does remarkable things. The John 10 to 14 reading, I've, I've mentioned this a couple of times already, but do you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least because of the work you have seen me do. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works. I have done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. You can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. I'd say to anyone here, is God speaking to you today that you might have something wrong with you that needs healing? And if you're just getting even a thought in your mind that you should come forward at the end of the service for healing, don't have any more doubt. It's a, even the faith as small as a mustard seed. I'd say if you've got anything wrong with you today, when we have a call at the end, come forward for prayer. Is there anyone here who's been healed in the past? Your hands are going up. Lots. Well, look at that. Has anyone had any prayers answered by God? Right. But don't you think if you're praying, you know, it's the same God that answers prayers. Almost answering prayers is a miracle each one, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, we know that God does healing. You know, I, I remember one of the first times when I was a young Christian, Maggie was really sick. She had a, I mentioned this ages ago in church, she had this ovary was uh, blown up the size of an orange. The, the doctor did a uh, laparoscopy, so they put a telescope in through your belly button and have a look and he said, it's the size of an orange, we've got to operate, it's going to be disintegrated, um, you'll probably lose your other one as well and have to be on medication 
all the time for the rest of your life. And, and I was praying like mad. Now, that's urgent prayers. I was praying like you wouldn't believe. And I got this real sense from God that what's going to happen at this operation is he's going to go in and instead of cutting her open, which was what he was going to do to do the operation, he was going to not cut her but do another laparoscopy and have a look and she was going to be completely healed. And that's exactly what happened. She went into the operation and he was about to cut. He said, I'm going to do another laparoscopy. And he said, there's nothing wrong. The two ovaries are there and that growth is gone. And the nurses, this is St Vincent's private, were absolutely astounded. And they were going through all the wards saying, there's been a healing, a miracle, a miracle. You know, it was phenomenal. And uh, that helped my faith. What do you reckon? (laughs) I didn't tell anyone at the time because I thought, if I'm wrong, I'm telling her that this is going to happen to you, but if I'm wrong, she's going to be so disappointed. (laughs) And I, I kept it to myself. And I just thought, this is going to happen to her and we can just rejoice. You know, and that's what happened. It was, it was wonderful. You know, we've had people healed here and, and a number of great healings. Um, we've got a healing team. And, and you can have a gift of healing and you can seek healing and a gift of healing. And I, I was seeking that urgently for a very long time. And there's a guy, uh, Bill Johnson, preaches on, on this and he's got a fantastic church where they do healings and cancers healed and, and all this and, and he believes on imparting a gift of healing. And I heard he was coming to Australia and I went to the service and uh, I, just, I was inside an aisle about middle way and I said, God, if you want me to have this, get this guy to pray over me. And I had my eyes shut and suddenly he's praying over me. And, um, and I, couldn't st- I couldn't stand up. Well, my, my feet and legs were all tingling like pins and needles and it was unbe- unbelievable. Anyway, I had to sit down and I stayed there till almost everyone had left the auditorium and they said, can you please go? <laughs> and um, the next day they said, you know, while you're standing there, you know, there might be a person next to you that needs healing. Is there anyone that needs healing? This girl next to me put a hand up. And uh, she said she had these swollen and extremely painful lymph glands that she had several major problems from them and they're extremely painful. And she said, I want to be healed. So I laid hands on her and prayed for her and suddenly she was forced to the ground and (laughs) we're in just denial. So she didn't fall back. There wasn't anywhere to go. She just collapsed down and I was like, oh no. (laughs) It was very funny. Her husband was next to her. Anyway, so we pick her up and sit her on the seat and she says, I'm healed, it's gone, the pain's gone. And uh, that was wonderful. We know that Daniel Thomas was here and, and a group of us were praying over him and he felt this wind suddenly come around his ankle. His ankle was really bad and it was when he wanted to play basketball in a big tournament. And he said, this wind's come around my ankle and everything was shut like now. There's no wind in church, is there? And, uh, and it was healed. There was a girl that uh, came to church. We had a healing service a couple of years ago and, or a few years ago and this girl asked me to pray. I haven't got permission to use her name so I won't um, but she doesn't come here now but she, she was having trouble falling pregnant and she said, can you please pray for me? Um, 
And so we prayed for her and while praying she had this heat come into her room and um, now she's got a little baby. That's good. So God answers all sorts of prayers. Um, You know, he cares about every single one of us and he cares about every single part of your life. So if you look at his ministry, that what he did in his ministry was he went and preached the word and then he did the miracles. And he said, if you don't believe the word, at least believe the miracles. Now, that was how he did ministry. Now, if he did it, why don't we do that? You know, or do we think we can do it better than him? I don't think we can do, I don't think we can do church better than Jesus did. You know? And that was his method of how he did his work. He preached the word and then he healed people and, um, and changed people's lives. So I'd encourage us to get deeper in faith because I think that's how we're supposed to be. I think we're supposed to see God more in power and he, he has the ability to release but the release has to come through us seeking it earnestly. It's through faith in prayer that that would happen. So, um, the end bit. Jesus uh, said, just before he was crucified, he said this to his disciples, at that time you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth, you will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name. You haven't done this before, ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. And we know when the apostles first uh, got together after Jesus rose, um, you know, they were doing all this great healing and they were sharing everything they had. They were meeting constantly and they had abundant joy. And um, that's, where, that's how life's supposed to be as a Christian. We're not supposed to have an ordinary life. It's supposed to be really good and exciting. And if people were being healed all the time, it would be exciting, wouldn't it? But let's look at what Philip did when um, he went to Samaria. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out screaming as they left their victims and many who had been paralysed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. I don't know if you know anyone who's been paralysed. There's a guy over in um, Margaret Court's church in Western Australia, Victory Life Church, who um, I spent a bit of time talking to um, and he was completely paralysed and God healed him. And so he became a minister and he said, what else could I do for a God that's done this for me? And he said, I've got to give him my life, you know. And uh, Jesus heals paralytics even today. Can that happen here? Yes. I'd say if we can acknowledge that Jesus is... Oh, what I want to talk about before we get into healing, because I'm going to ask the healing team to come up soon and then we'll have the last song and people can come forward for prayer for healing. But before we do that, because we're following what Jesus told us to do, we better see if anyone would like to give their life to Jesus. It's a good thing to think about with each service. What did he say in Peter 
2.24, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By his wounds you are healed. I don't know if anyone here is not a Christian yet. I think, uh, to my knowledge, everybody is. But if anyone here has not given their life to Jesus, can I just ask everyone just to close your eyes? And, uh, and I'd just say, is anyone here who hasn't given their life to Jesus would like to do that today? It's time to step up and do something to change your life. You know, it's... Um, a lot of people have believed that Jesus came and that he died but have all these questions. But you know, it's faith that we step into in this Christianity and we need Jesus to fill us. So is there anyone here who would like to take a step of faith today and if you haven't done it before and commit your life to him? Just put your hand up.